you have a certain limited time to plan your mission, and you'll find so many creative ways, but at the end of the day, you'll execute the mission, even if you're not ready. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. Our guest for episode 206 is a very special one, Roy Nicola, Israeli entrepreneur at Stanford Business School. Roy is an Israeli entrepreneur and co-founder and CEO of a stealth mode AI startup, soon to be revealed. Previously, he was founder and CEO of OpenHand, an AI-powered consumer lending startup, was a computer-engineered Intel, served as an intelligence officer in the Israel Defense Forces. Roy holds an MBA from Stanford GSB and a BSc of Electrical Engineering from the Technion. Roy Nicole, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Michael. It's Friday afternoon. I'm feeling great. How are you? I, I am feeling just fine. Uh, I miss not seeing you on Stanford campus. Yeah, uh, well, they closed down campus, so I guess that we're not... A long, long time ago. Well, Roy, uh, I'm excited to uh, learn more about your journey and share your journey. Uh, you know, we've gotten to know each other quite well over these past, this past year uh, as you were finishing uh, your business degree at Stanford Graduate School of Business. Uh, quite an experience, I'm sure, which I can't wait to hear more about. But, but you have such a phenomenal life uh, experience and all these different things that you've done, f- transitioning from... Uh, a leader in the IDF to Intel to studying in the Technion to so, so many different things all the way leading up to Stanford that I'd love to just talk about your life and perhaps touch on the on the different events and draw some uh, some nuggets that you now take with you on your entrepreneurial journey how does that sound cool. sounds great yeah. Roy who are you who am I Roy I'm a 34 years old Israeli entrepreneur uh, born and raised in Ebony Uda, and I think that being Israeli is a big part of my life. Um, why do you say that? Why do I say that? Being Israeli means you connect yourself with a country, uh, with your Jewish heritage. You live it. you born as an individual, but you experience your country in so, such big intensities. Uh, from serving your country and also being pissed about politics, I think that it's unique being Israeli. Um, of course, 100%. So talk to me a little bit about, uh, about your experience at Stanford Business School. You started two years ago. You're coming from Israel. You mentioned that it was almost a life dream to go there, right? Yeah. So Stanford Business School was a life dream of uh, about six years that I planned to go to Stanford GSB. And what's incredible about Stanford is that you interact with amazing people. You're getting inspired on a daily basis. You have the professors. It's really different from the Israeli experience of studying in college. The professors know you. They'll have coffee with you. Hopefully, they'll invest in you in the future. But they're very, very generous with their time and knowledge. Um, so Stanford is incredible. Uh, the people that they bring there, everybody breathes entrepreneurship. You get inspiration from Silicon Valley as just this is the place to be for an entrepreneur, I think. And okay. So now, now I, I, what I would love to do is to talk about different parts of your life and the different experiences that from there, because just before we started this call, you mentioned that looking back and reflecting on these different experiences, good and bad experiences, you've, you've accumulated these nuggets that now as you're creating your startup and you're now the founder of a, of a startup in stealth mode, 
now you're using these experiences to move forward. So I, I'd love to, to open the floor and let you guide me through these, the, these different adventures that you've had. Cool. So I'll mention that I'm working on a startup right now. It's an AI-powered startup, and it's in stealth mode, so I can't talk about it too much. But uh, it's my second startup, and I didn't understand where the resilience and not losing hope came from. How the hell am I waking up in the morning and grinding on getting clients, uh, getting validation from investors and getting rejected on a daily basis, but also continuing moving forward till I get the success uh, from every distress. And it brought me to, I realized that basically being an entrepreneur, uh, the entrepreneurial thing in me was very much influenced by my military service. So uh, I had a very broad uh, military service, starting from uh, pilot school, and then I went to be a tank fighter, and then an intelligence officer. And one of the intelligence officer positions... Crazy, right? That's just crazy. From yeah. pilots from the pilot academy, the, one of the most prestigious areas in the IDF, going to be to, to be in a tank, which is an extraordinary experience, all the way to be an intelligence officer, another position that is sought after by so many uh, people going into the military. Sorry, but continue. I'm just, I'm impressed by, by the variety of experiences that you've had. Thank you. So um, my first military uh, officer position was in uh, a commander unit, Sayyid Golani. And in Sayyid Golani, uh, the, one of the values is you'll get a mission, a certain mission. It will seem unrealistic right. to perform it, but you'll go and do it. And you have a certain limited time to plan your mission. And you'll find so many creative ways, but at the end of the day, you'll execute the mission, even if you're not ready. Right. Uh, and that was very, very inspiring for me. You find out in many cases and every night that you don't have the solution, yet you need to march forward. You need to perform the task. And sometimes just by having the hope that everything will be fine and uh, you'll just go and do it, by that, you only you did like ninety percent of the job. Right, right. Uh, not to say that these are dangerous missions and entrepreneurship is way not like this, but that mentality really taught me a lot uh, moving forward today. Another thing is that you go to a military mission and you don't really have all the intelligence. You don't really have all the information about uh, the other side to execute the mission. But yet you go and do that. You take the risk. And a lot of, and many times, uh, wherever you work somewhere or whether you lead a company, you need to cope with uncertainty. You won't have all the answers. You won't have all the information to take a calculated decision. But this is what, why people uh, trust us. This is why people pay us salaries. So I, I learned that, uh, I guess, in Sayyid Gulani. When you look at the... And yourself as an entrepreneur now, you mentioned that there are various experiences that you've taken lessons from there and now you're implementing them in your day-to-day -day life. As an entrepreneur, whether it be rejection or leadership or vision or creativity, so I'd love to, to, to get more insight into what other areas that, that you've gained this inspiration for. Yeah, so what I really uh, enjoy at the end of the day uh, when I'm working with people my co-founder, the people that we work with, uh, is not forgetting that there are people. I really, it's really important for me to talk to people, 
even go to small details. And that was another uh, lesson taught by another position that I had in my military service. So I'll tell you that the journey of being a commander in the IDF was very, very special when you interact with your soldiers. So I've, I've led around 80 soldiers in my military service. And as a commander, you are sometimes their best friend, sometimes their enemy. Um, you are representing the system, a system that uh, kind of like forces people to serve in the military. Not everybody wants to be there. Not everybody is an officer who wants to volunteer. Not right. everybody gets right. benefit to their careers to be a leader. And these special relationships that you have, sometimes you encounter when in situations where you are a psychologist to a suicidal, uh, suicidal soldier, or whether you are uh, in a couple therapy if your soldiers are dating each other. Uh, you're a social worker. If the background of your soldier is from a very uh, right situation, you go to their places and see how they live. Sometimes they are a pillow because the military missions when you need to sleep somewhere, uh, you have like a right. 10 minute nap. I think that what you're touching on here, which is very, very true, the IDF is a compulsory service which brings with it a lot of the uh, challenges of what it means to lead within a within a program like this, where every person every person enlists, and then naturally, when the whole organization is very young, because the majority of the organization is eighteen to twenty one year olds, you have very young leaders. So at the age of nineteen, you get a team of eight to ten people, and say, okay, welcome. You are now their their sibling, their parent, their psychologist, their social worker, and you have to now all of a sudden understand what that means and and I can totally relate to these lessons that you're sharing about about what it, how you learning to lead by example and to be a commander that way what is the now that you've gone through Stanford Business School as well and and a school where a lot of the classes are about leadership and about management and and how to successfully lead a business talk to me a little bit about the differences between leading a team in the army rather than leading a team perhaps at a startup or in a business. And you've also gotten a chance to work at a few companies, so you also have that experience as well. Yeah, so leading people by example is definitely one of these, and also understanding that at the end of the day, these are people. Mm -hmm. Ambitions. You need to understand what is the motivation behind the people, even in your startup. Everybody has their own need to give an input, need to impact. They have their own passions. And learning what is their motivation is like the best leadership skill that I uh, learned in the military. Another thing is working as a team. Um, so in many ways, the social uh, connections that teams have are really kind of like perpetuate the energy and commitment to the company. Yeah. And, and I think that it's sometimes overlooked um, because people want to work and they have their work-life balance. Uh, in the military, you kind of like live within work and the people that you're stuck with, you're working with them. Then you go to your room and you stay with them in the same room. Um, so everywhere that I go, uh, I try to bring that team cohesiveness and trying to kind of like lower the guards of people so they can feel comfortable. How do you do that? How do you lower guards of people so that your teammates can be comfortable? So I, I believe that encouraging open discussion. So we, uh, I know that you wear uh, 
uh, an officer in the Israeli uh, Defense Forces as a, an intelligence officer. And we have a big, se- a, a big story about uh, not saying what you have in mind. You, know, you need to always say what you have in mind if you think that it's important. So you always need to encourage a discussion if it's relevant to how we work and what are we working on. And so always raise, like, always encourage people to talk, to be open about these things. We don't want to hold any aggression towards the goal or the team. So this is super important. Second thing is that we need to stay and work until we, until work is done, because eventually, um, sometimes we need to deliver. And some of that military experience brought me to understand that I need to stay with my employees and, and support them and my team, which is something that you see in the military all the time. Right. Right. Uh, and kind of like supporting them is kind of create a synergy that they feel mo- more motivated. They feel supported and they're not alone. So a hundred percent. No. Yeah. That's I, I, I completely resonate with what you're saying. Talk to me a little bit about the, about the GSB experience. So you mentioned a little bit about the entrepreneurship side of it, about the social side of it. I'd love to really hear because uh, I, you know, I, I haven't gone through the GSB myself and, and so many other friends, we, we all really want to, but it's, it's a little, it's a little far. And while we hope to get in one day, you now have the opportunity to share with me having just finished it. So talk to me a little bit about uh, the, the good, the bad and the ugly. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The good is an incredible open community. So the GSB is very special, but people are uh, encouraged to share, be vulnerable, and and support each other. So that's wonderful. We have once a week, we have two classmates doing a talk, 30 minutes dedicated all to them sharing their life story. And you see these people in class, and they are super smart, and then you go to talk and you hear incredible stories of growth, facing adversity, and people are incredible. Uh, second thing about this university that it's really not competitive, which is good. So we have a great non-disclosure. You don't feel any competition. People are just helping each other. Which I think is interesting because it's extremely competitive to get into. The acceptance rate is one of the lowest in the world. Yet the second you're in, you're a part of this community that you're saying it's not, it's not competitive, right? It's true. And, you know, it's the highest percentage, uh, the highest, uh, it's, the lowest, it's the lowest percentile of getting in. Uh, right. Right. Programs. And this rate non-disclosure allows people to just like, not think about race, just study, be focused on their friends. And right. Together, collaborate, take risks. It's encourage you to do mistakes because eventually you will graduate. Right. Uh, so you mentioned a few times also to me outside of this is that the part of the magic of, of the GSB is that you have all these people who are coming from extremely different backgrounds. You're coming in as, a, as, a, as an officer from the IDF. You have people coming in after they've ran businesses around the world or, or have had different adversities that they've overcome. And when you come into an institution that there no grades are involved, you each have your own personal grade. But the goal at the end is to graduate together as a community and to build relationships that will span way beyond the campus, but in the real world and in the business world, right? Exactly. Uh, I will move to the bad. <laughs> the bad thing is that it's only two years. It's only two years. I love that. 
it's only two years. So it's kind of, it's a paradise for education. You're getting inspired every day. It's a tremendous growth. Like I was basically half vacationing, uh, traveling with friends. And still, I feel like I boosted my career and grew, grew as an entrepreneur. And only two years. I wish it was cheaper and, uh, and longer, I guess. I guess the- was, it worth, was it worth working for six years to get in for this two-year experience? I believe so. I'm pretty like, biased, as you know. I put a lot of money in this program, too. Um, so you have to believe that it gives you something. But looking backwards two years ago, Coming from Israel, even with my fluent English, I didn't know how it will grow me to, to be where I am today. I feel comfortable fundraising now with top VCs, uh, collaborating and selling my products to clients. Yeah, right yeah. That boosted my confidence greatly. And uh, so I'm grateful for that. Also, this community is incredible. Yeah. Much knowledge, so much grace. People are like helping all the time. Um, which I, I think it's really, really, uh, I wish my alma mater, uh, Technion, would be more like this, that people would collaborate more, the alumni network. It's like, we have so much time in Technion, and they still haven't picked up about building a community that helps, uh, helps their members. So I'm really... Well, I think that the interesting thing is that in Israel, the equivalent of the experience, the community experience of the of a university is your army unit. Because when we go to the average bar in Tel Aviv, you don't really ask, hey, where did you go to school? You ask, hey, which unit did you serve in? In the U.S., obviously, it's the first question. And so I think that there, it's so interesting to see two different, you know, communities, two different countries, two different incredible countries with, with people growing up in, diff- in different ways. Uh, but at the end, it's all about the community and it's all about the people. Uh, Roy, uh, one thing you mentioned to me, which I, I'd love to bring up, uh, you asked me, you told me well, that, you know, every really amazing CEO has their shtick. They have their thing. And you asked me, Michael, what is going to be your thing? Well, Roy, I'm going to turn the question to you because this is about you. What is, what is, your, what is your thing as the CEO? Cool. Uh, so I'll go wild and I say that I'm going to be the jungle CEO. So every CEO is crazy. My offices is going to be all about nature. I'm going to have trees. Gonna have animals jumping around, monkeys, tigers, running. Of course, of course. And I'll be, you know, Elon Musk is a space guy. I'm going to be nature guy. What are you going to be? I have no idea yet. I have to. I'm gonna see how yours plays out, and then I'll make my decision. And no, but you have. I mean, you've also really inspired me to be more conscious about about my eating habits and and meditation. And you're. It's not just about nature. You're, you're really. You, you. I think one thing that I've gotten to know about you over these past over this past year is this idea of like being of inner collectedness and and inner calmness and really being in touch with who you are. So I want to thank you for for bringing that to my attention because both of us reflect often on how driven we are and how much time we spend on, 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 on racing to something. Yet, at the same time, you're very conscious on, on also introspection and, and taking the time to really reflect. And I really appreciate that you brought that reflection into my life because these are not mutually exclusive, racing to something and being happy internally and being satisfied. Roy, I want to thank you for being so generous with your time. Before we leave, I need three words that you would use to describe yourself. Okay. Choose entrepreneurial, Israeli, and loving because I have a lot of love in me. 
A hundred percent. I can testify from the from the past year watching you both in the classroom and also outside in the social scene. It, it resonates. Uh, I can't wait to see the incredible things that you do and be part of uh, each other's journeys. So thank you very, very much for taking the time to be here. Thank you, Mike. 